Thank you, Father. Zendos of Rakasiza Nakosa. Thank you, Father. Matonia Kandose Iprahash. Thank you, Father. Good evening, everybody. I'm so excited to be here and to have everybody around. Thank you for joining us. Before, because of our time, we'll be very fast this evening. Amen. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we thank you. Thank you, Father. We are grateful, Lord. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for another opportunity to be here in your presence. Thank you for enabling us to be carrier of your glory. To be carrier of your presence wherever we go. We are grateful, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray that this evening that you cause our eyes to see in the name of Jesus. Our heart understand in the name of Jesus. Our heart understand in the name of Jesus. We see as we ought to. We understand your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Alright, this evening we'll, we are starting a new series. We are starting a new series on Identified with Christ. We will deal with the first part today. The next week will continue. Wherever we stop today, we will continue next week. Amen. So, in this teaching, we will be dealing with the fact of our identification with Christ. Yeah, we'll be dealing with the almost unknown facts because when you hear many believers uh, talk or when you hear many people teach, then you understand that the identification with Christ is almost an unknown truth to them. You will come to the realization that the identification with Christ is almost an unknown truth. It's almost an unknown fact to them. What does identification mean? What does it mean? It means our complete union. Identification with Christ means our complete union with Him in His substitutionary sacrifice. Identification with Christ means our complete union with him in his substitutionary sacrifice. This teaching of um, identification is the legal side of our redemption. Glory to God. The teaching that we are doing, we are starting today, is the legal side of our redemption. Amen. It unveils to us this uh, teaching. 
our identification with Christ unveils to us what God did in Christ for us. From the time he went to the cross until he sat at the right hand of the Father. Our identification with Christ unveils to us. It shows us what God did in Christ for us. It shows us what Christ actually did. Right from his death, his burial and resurrection. Then his ascension into heaven. Hallelujah. So, this teaching unveils to us what God did in Christ for us from the time he went to the cross until he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Amen. So I tell us this evening that the vital side of redemption is what the Holy Spirit through the Word is doing in us now. The vital side of redemption is what the Holy Spirit through the Word is doing in us now. You know, you will hear Apostle Paul severally use the preposition with in connection with his substitutionary teaching. Wherever you hear Apostle Paul teach, whenever Apostle Paul is teaching on the substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus, you will hear him use the preposition with. For instance, if you, if you, if you look at the, the book of Galatians 2, Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. You see that? I have been crucified with Christ. Then he tells us that he died with Christ, that he was buried with Christ. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul says that I have been crucified with Christ. So Apostle Paul was actually joining himself or better still he was leveraging or emphasizing on what Christ done in his death burial and resurrection amen he, he, he said I have been crucified with Christ nevertheless I live. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Christ became one with us in sin. Remember, we are, we are teaching on identified with Christ. How we, as Christians, we are identified with Christ. And as God will, will help us today, will, this teaching, or throughout this series, we will do the ident our identity in Christ, it will be in stages. This teaching of our identity in Christ or how we are identified with Christ will be in stages. We'll talk about how we are crucified with him. We'll talk about uh, how Christ was made sin on our behalf. We'll talk about those things. So this will help us in knowing some certain things we should know as Christians.
you know, when, when we see a believer suffer uh, so much from condemnation, you see many believers, they, you, you see people, you see, when you hear them speak, you know, wow, condemnation has eaten this one up. So, when you know your identity within, when you know where you stand, when it comes to your relationship with God, because one of the weapons, in fact, the most potent weapon of the devil is ignorance. Because what ignorance, the end product of ignorance is fear. When you don't know who you are in Christ, when you don't know your position before God, then you'll be afraid of many things. And that's one of the things that the devil uses against a believer. When you don't know, when you don't know, when you don't know who you are in Christ, you don't know your position, you don't know the, the mind of God for you, you don't know what God has for you, you don't know what God has done on your behalf. Then when little things comes up, you become afraid. Because fear is a product of ignorance. Hallelujah. So, I said, Christ became one with us in sin. Follow me carefully, please. Christ became one with us in sin, that we might become one with him in righteousness. That's how we identify with him. That's one of the ways. He was identified with us in sin that we might become one with him in righteousness. It became as we were. Follow my choice of words carefully. It became as we were to the end that we might become as he is now. So the reason why God, why Christ died was purposely that we that we were separated from God can be reconciled to God. Hence, Christ came to bridge the gap between God and humanity. Glory to God. Now, there is a two way to, there is a twofold to this oneness. There is a twofold to this oneness with Christ. There's a twofold. First of all, is oneness with our sin on the cross. That is, Jesus' oneness with our sin. That is, Jesus became sin. Jesus was identified with our sin on the cross. Jesus identified with our sin on the cross. The second fold is that our oneness within in his glory on the throne. Amen. The first fold, Jesus identified with our sin on the cross. Secondly, we identified, after we received him, after we believed him, we identified with his glory on the throne. Hallelujah. Let's move to the book of Ephesians. Let's open the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 2. Let's start from um, verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you, at it quickened, 
who were dead in trespasses and sin. Where in time past you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. We read to verse 6. Verse 3 says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. For, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Verse 6, which is our emphasis, says, And that raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. And raised us up with him and made us sit with him in heavenly places in where? In Christ Jesus. Note what I said the other time. That first of all, the first fold is is oneness with our sin on the cross. The second fold, our oneness with Him, with His glory on on the throne. Hallelujah! So, what gave room for the second fold, where we we are able to identify with His glory on the throne, is actually the first fold, whereby Christ identified with our sin. Amen. If you, if you read the book of Colossians 3, if you check Colossians 3, Colossians 3, 1, then you see, the Bible says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. Uh, amen. Apostle Paul was actually telling them, was reminding them of their nature, of what happened to them at salvation. If we share the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 4, the book of Romans 6, then if you look at verse 4, Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Rome, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Note that. I told you that our education is of twofold. That he identified with our sin on the cross and we identify with him in his glory when we believe on, on, the, on his throne. Hallelujah. So verse 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Glory to God. So, it became as we were so that we might become as he is. And that's what we are today. Hallelujah. So, Jesus died to make us live. He was made sin to make us righteous. He became weak to make us strong. Note, it is not that he will make us strong. He has made us strong. Everything I'm talking about now happened right in the death, the resurrection, 
and the ascension of Jesus. He died many years ago. So his death was to make us live. It was made sin to make us righteous. He became weak so that we can be strong. He suffered shame to give us glory. He went to hell in order to take us to where? To heaven. I said uh, some weeks ago that a believer, uh, you, as a believer, you don't, your, your assignment, or you do not become a believer so that you can, in order to journey into heaven. Your journey is not to heaven. Heaven is where your journey starts from. Why? Because you are seated with Christ where? In heavenly places. Hallelujah. As a believer, your journey is not to make heaven. Heaven is where you start from. Heaven is where you start from. Hallelujah. It was condemned in order to justify us. It was made sick in order that healing might be ours. You share the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 53. He was cast out from the presence of God in order to make us welcome in God's presence. Hallelujah. And that's righteousness. So it became, the Bible says, it became our righteousness. Unto every man that believes Christ is righteousness. So when you stand before God, you stand before God without guilt, without fault. As I told you some, some weeks ago that God is not loving you to your next sin, to your next mistake. He has come to love you forever. Because he's happy with you. He's happy with you. You are a child because you are righteous. He's happy to hear from you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, Jesus identified with the worst of us. He became seen. That we might become righteous. That we might be accepted before God. Hallelujah. You share the book of Romans. Romans 5. Romans 5, from verse 6 to 11. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. 7 says, For scarcely for a righteous man we won't die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. 8. But God commanded his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being unjustified by his blood. Note, we are justified. You are justified. What does that mean? Justification means he's not charging you. He's not laying, he's not charging any fault on your behalf. You are justified. Is not laying any charge on you. 
how does justification come around? It is by his blood. Verse 9. Romans 5 verse 9 says, Much more than being unjustified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So, our reconciliation with God came through the death of Jesus. Glory to God. Verse 11 says, And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus, by whom we have now received the atonement. Hallelujah. Now let me tell you that God does not overlook sin. Please listen to me carefully. God does not overlook sin. You know, we, 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 we've been telling ourselves, we, I've been telling you that um, whenever you want to preach gospel to anybody, that you don't preach their sin to them, you preach the love of God to them, you preach what Christ has done, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus, you preach it to them. So, where will God punish the sin of that person? God does not, if God does not overlook sin, God punishes sin on himself. Are you following, please? God does what? He punishes sin on himself. How? In that the, 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 the totality of, of the sin of the whole world was laid on Jesus on the cross. So, no matter what anybody do, or no matter what they will do today, the punishment for their sin has been dealt with right on the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus became sin. It became sin that we might be accepted in the presence of God. Amen. Glory to God. So, just like what I said the other time that we will look into this series, looking at everything that God, that Jesus did for us, and how we are identified with him. So, crucified with Christ. How we crucified with Christ. Apostle Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. He said, nevertheless, I live. What does that mean? It, may, it means that Apostle Paul was saying he had been judged, condemned, cast out, stripped naked, and nailed to the cross. Apostle Paul meant that he had been judged, condemned, cast out, 
stripped naked and nailed to the cross. See, let me make something clear. The very thought of crucifixion to a Jew, the very thought of crucifixion to a Jewish man, now, especially to a Pharisee, brought a sense of shame, a sense of guilt, a sense of disgrace, a sense of horror. Hallelujah. So, when Saul, before, before he believed, actually. So, when Saul, Saul of Taxus, identified himself with Jesus, accepted him as his Lord and Savior and confessed him as his Lord, do you know what happened? That moment, he became crucified to the Jewish people. He became an outcast. So, if you don't check the book of Galatians, yeah, I think the book of Galatians six fourteen, he said that the word had been crucified unto him. That was supposed to Paul talking. He said the word had been crucified unto him, and he had been crucified unto the word. It simply means that the word is against me. Like I'm, I, I become an outcast. To the world hallelujah it means the world has been stripped naked to Paul there was no longer any delusion in regard to it yeah Apostle Paul could no longer uh, could no longer be deceived about the uh, mode of operation of the world hallelujah Amen. So, we understand what crucifixion actually means. When you, when you, when you, when you reason with what uh, Jesus did on the cross. When you truly understand what Jesus did, when you, when you understand what he went through on the cross, you will, I, you will understand what crucifixion actually means amen we are, we are going somewhere actually we are actually laying the foundation so that we will know exactly what we are here to for this week or for the for in the next few weeks hallelujah so crucifixion actually means union with christ in his disgrace and suffering it means union with Christ in his disgrace and suffering. That's what crucifixion means. Look at the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, who? Christ. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should no longer serve sin. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should, know, we should not save sin. Hallelujah. Crucifixion points the way to death. In the scripture we just read, you will understand 
our identification with Christ. He said that our old man, the hidden man of the heart. He says our spirit, the real man who was filled with spiritual death. It's with that satanic nature was nailed to the cross in Christ. That's what it means. That satanic nature was nailed to the cross with who? With Christ. So, Christ went to the cross, not for himself, but as a substitute. Amen. Christ went to the cross, not, not for himself, but as what? As a substitute. We were nailed to the cross with Christ. We were crucified with him. You know, we, we are actually discussing our identification with Christ in his crucifixion. Amen. So, the object, note this, the object of crucifixion in the mind of the people. In the book of Matthew, let's see, Matthew 27. Let's go to the book of Matthew 27. So, why those people surround Jesus in the mind of all the people there? They wanted to get rid of Jesus. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill the man that they so much hated. Hallelujah. But in the mind of justice, it meant his identification with humanity. To God, it was Jesus' identification with us. Amen. It was Jesus' identification with humanity in its sin and suffering. So, our identification with him in his crucifixion to the whole world. As at the time Jesus was being killed. They are looking at a man that has blasphemed And they wanted to kill him. But to, to the Father, to justice, Jesus is identifying with humanity in the totality of their sin, in the totality of their penalty, in the totality of their suffering. Amen. So Jesus was made sin. How? Let's quickly look at that. So as soon as Christ was nailed to the cross, as soon as Jesus was nailed to the cross with the crown of thorn and all those stuff, why Jesus was there on the cross? In his dying state. 
justice began to do its work yeah on our behalf on humanity's behalf the sin of the whole world was upon jesus the sin of the whole world was upon jesus You know, men and women, everybody that were present, everybody that was present on, at the feet of the cross will think that Jesus, they will see the physical Jesus, they will, they will see Jesus hanging there on the tree. But God could see his spirit. Demons, they knew what was happening. They saw the real man. They saw the man, the real man hidden in, in his body. And that was what Apostle Paul was talking about in the book of 2 Corinthians. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians 14. 2 Corinthians 5, sorry. 2 Corinthians 5. Second Corinthians five twenty one. Wherefore, twenty one, for he had made him to be seen for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus became sin on our behalf. So, as, as a man in Christ, as a Christian, the moment then, the moment you come into Jesus, the moment you come into Christ, you identify with the suffering of Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? The moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are identified with his death with his suffering it means that the moment Jesus was on the cross suffering being crucified you were there that's identification that's identification If you look, if, if you check the book of Romans 3 also, let's see Romans 3. Romans 3, 25 to 26. Whom God has set out, whom God has set forth to be propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God look at that so Jesus was made the propitiation for sin on our behalf it became a sin offering it became the sin offering so as many people that were set in the price has been paid for them 
So sin was, will not be charged or will not be laid against them. Why? Because they are identified with Christ. Amen. So, uh, as a believer, that's why we say, as a believer, you don't, you, don't pray, you don't pray for forgiveness of sin. You don't pray forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin is not what you pray for. Why? Because forgive, you were forgiven right at, on the cross. Your forgiveness is on the cross. Hallelujah. Are, are, are you following me? You receive forgiveness of sin. Amen. Why? Because praying your prayer that God come and forgive me. God will not come and forgive you now. God has forgiven you even before you were born. Amen. Why? Because you, your forgiveness is in Christ Jesus. Your forgiveness is actually in what Christ has done on the cross. Your forgiveness is not a product of your prayers. Your forgiveness is a product of what Christ did on the cross. Amen. Your forgiveness is not as a result of your fasting and prayers. It's not as a result of your, of your uh, sin towards getting forgiveness. Your forgiveness is, a, is not as a result of your tears. Your forgiveness, you are forgiven. Basically, based on what Christ has done. So you are forgiven in Christ. Hallelujah. You receive forgiveness of sin. Because Christ has made it available on the cross. Amen. It's just like the concept of deliverance. You know, you, we hear today that uh, there, there will be a deliverance service. There will be a deliverance this, deliverance that. Deliverance. God. Amen. See, the concept of deliverance is not something you do year in, year out, or every service. It's not a believer, a man that is a believer, a Christian, has no deliverance to be done for him. You were delivered once. Amen. You are delivered once. The moment you accept Jesus, that is the moment you were delivered. How? You were delivered. You were translated from the kingdom of darkness into what? Into the kingdom of his dear son. That's deliverance. Because deliverance has to do with kingdoms. It has to do with nation. Deliverance has to do with taking from one kingdom or from one domain to another. 
Hallelujah. What am I saying? Casting out of demons and deliverance are two separate things. Amen. Casting out of, de- of demons and deliverance are two separate things. Praise God. Let's continue. <laughs> Amen. So, in Romans 3, actually, as God will have us, we will we'll do a teaching on the concept of deliverance. Yes. We'll do a teaching on the concept of deliverance. Hallelujah. Romans 3, 25 to 26, where we just read. He said, whom God has set forth to be, to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Which means your justification is in Jesus. Your deliverance is in Jesus. Your forgiveness is in Jesus. Glory to God. Let's look at them. The book of Isaiah as well. Isaiah. Isaiah 53. Because of our time, we'll read 5, verse 5 and 6. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. Six. And we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. The iniquity of us. The iniquity of the whole world has been laid on Jesus. So, that's why I tell you always that you are not sent to the world to condemn the world. Why? Because even in God's mindset, in God's presence, in God's face, the whole world is forgiven. Amen. Why? Because Jesus has died for them. One thing is expected of the world. For them to receive the gift of righteousness. For them to receive the the forgiveness of their sins. Amen. The forgiveness of their sins has been made available. Where? In Jesus. But there is a place of them accepting the forgiveness or receiving the forgiveness that has been made available in Jesus. Amen. It is expected. And that's why we will not stop. That's why we will continually proclaim the gospel of Jesus to people around us, wherever we find ourselves. We will continually tell people about the gospel of Jesus. We will continually preach the good news. Why? 
because the forgiveness that has been made available in Jesus so the people can receive it hallelujah amen let's look at them um, the book of Galatians 3 Galatians chapter 3 we'll look at verse 13 Galatians 3 13 Christ look at this Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law being made a cause for us for it is written cause is everyone that hangeth on a tree cause is everyone that is that has hang, that is hanged on a tree hallelujah this king james version <laughs> glory to god so i put it to you today that as a man in christ you do not have any cause to break oh I put it to you today that as a man in Christ, there is no generational cause anywhere for you to break. There is no foundation for you to break. Why? Because your foundation is in Jesus. Your foundation is what is Jesus. And Jesus already became a cause for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Christ became cause. So Christ redeemed us from the cause of the law, having become a cause for us. For it is written, cause is everyone that is hanged on the tree. Note, the word us there is referring to the Jews. It's referring to the Jews. Amen. So, he came as a Jew under the first covenant to redeem all those who were under the covenant from the curse of the law. So, while Jesus was hanging on the cross, it was not only sin, but it was also a curse. Amen. Are we getting this? So, while Jesus was on the cross, it was not just a sin. It was also a cross. So God turned his back upon Jesus. Jesus cried in agony. Look at Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Amen. We'll start, let's start reading from 45. 2745. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. For good three hours there was darkness. And about the ninth hour Jesus Christ with a loud voice saying, Okay. Verse 46. Yeah. 
Jesus cried with a loud voice. So he cried out in agony. Why? Because Jesus has taken the sinner's place in judgment. Jesus took the sinner's place in judgment. All the forces of darkness had overwhelmed him. It was our sin substitute. Note we are discussing how we are identified with Christ. And now presently we are on the face of how Jesus became sin on our behalf. Hallelujah. So, he was a sin substitute. Jesus was the whole world sin substitute. Sin, note, sin was not reckoned to him. Sin was not recorded to his account. It became sin. No fault was found in him. He did not commit any sin. But he became sin as our substitute. Hallelujah. Praise God. The human mind cannot comprehend this. The human mind cannot comprehend this. It cannot. That was why Apostle Paul was praying in the book of Philippians 3, 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering becoming conformed unto his death. Why? Because your human mind cannot comprehend it. That is why our highest of understanding must be enlightened. That is why we must continually stay to learn the finished works of Christ. Hallelujah. So Jesus became a substitute. He became our substitute and became sin on our behalf. Amen. But today, uh, all we hear from Christians is condemnation. Is how condemned they are. Is how they are not worthy before God. Is how. <laughs> and there is this popular scripture that they used to use. Uh, okay, we have many believers say that the wages of sin is death. Amen. I think that should be in Romans in Romans six. Let's go to the book of Romans six. Let's we'll close with that. Let's just trash that before we go. Then we'll continue next week. Romans 6. Romans 6, verse 23. But to, to get that, let's start from verse 11. To get what that place is talking about. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instrument of righteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God. As those that are alive from the dead, 
are your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Note that. Verse 15. What then shall we sin because you are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants will obey. In servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servant of sin. Note, you were the servant of sin. That is, you used to be servant of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. 18. Be then made free from sin. Be then made free from sin. You became the servant of righteousness. So you are no, you are no more under sin. Verse 19 says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servant to uncleanliness and to iniquity to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now, yield your members servant to righteousness unto holiness. 20. For when you were the servant of sin, you were free from righteousness. Which means that they were once servant of sin. But now they are not believers. Remember, Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Rome. Amen. 21. What fruit have you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. 22. But now be made free from sin and become servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Apostle Paul was actually discussing their conduct here in respect to their nation. Amen. If you, if you look at that scripture context, he was talking about their, their conduct in respect to their nation. He said they were once under sin. They were once slave unto sin. Whereby they yield their members to as instrument of righteousness. But he said now that they've been delivered from the bondage of sin. Now he's admonishing them to live that their nature, which is now righteousness, which is now in the spirit, should inform their conduct. Amen. The wages of sin, which is death. What is death? Death is separation from God. What is sin here? The sin Apostle Paul was talking about here is the sin of unbelief. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's it. You have, the, you have been delivered from the bondage of sin. That's why the book of Romans 8 says that there is therefore now no condemnation for you. Why? Because you are no, you are no more under the law of sin and death. You are no more under the law of sin and death. You are now under another government. So you identify with Christ in his death, in his suffering. Amen. 
in his burial and his resurrection. This is where we're going to stop this evening. We'll continue next week. Have you been blessed? If you've been blessed, shout glory to God. Glory to God. Let's begin to respond in our spirits. Thank God. Thank God. Father will give you praise. Respond in your spirit. Madiga do ze gigaba yagiga. Rabradan ze gelebrohoto su ze kipande krikatos tatania. Sedush ikaba talia tala. Sedonte kilibrahante. Thank God. Thank God. Matili galibrahante. Sigadosh katalia. Zizumanakezi akrakatelia. Pando bolubrahante. Mazego bashide manakede. Brehentoso. Rakibashi keteli. Kapale galibalakadia. Ambrahante. Zegrunde zegigagoshi. Vande brehento. Thank you, Father. Mazovrikesi katalia. Reketebolo kobuakatelia. Apande. Mato brehete zika shune manakedia prahose ragabale keli gebina mote zigrahata jagezo gebeni gedebolo boshu vrahanti thank you jesus meti brehento rakabashi greheto zuzi ribagabaya in the name of jesus in jesus name we have prayed thank you father but i will give you praise but i commit your children to your hands that you continually keep them in the name of Jesus I pray that your eyes are opened to see the truth of the word of God more and more you are equipped you are edified you are built up in the love of God thank you father for in Jesus name we have prayed amen Glory to God. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you. Next week, Thursday is another time. 7 p.m., same time. We meet here. Until then, I call you blessed. I call everything that is associated with you blessed. In the name of Jesus. Continually live in the love of God. Thank you. Good night. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray tonight that the entrance of your word will give light and understanding to your people. We pray that we are rooted and grounded in your word, that through the teaching of tonight, that our lives are changed and transformed forever. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Tonight we will continue with our teaching, a series which we started last week, identified with Christ. Today we will be dealing with um, the part two of this series. Amen. Today we'll be dealing with the part two of this series. Hallelujah. And I'm excited to have everyone around. I pray that God will continually bless you.
in the name of Jesus. You are strengthened more and more to do the things of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So last week we laid the foundation on how we are identified with Christ. We made some things known to us. How we are, are identified with him. How Christ identified we are seen with our sins. And then we, we identified with his glory. Hallelujah. We discussed last week how we are crucified with Christ. How he was made sick. We discussed how Jesus became a sin offering. Amen. Today we will continue with the teaching. Hallelujah. And today I am here to open us up to how we, we are identified with Christ in death. Today we will look into how we are identified with Christ in death. Hallelujah. First of all, when you hear the word death, what comes to mind? Let's divine death. The word death didn't mean extinction. You know, many a times to many people, when we hear death, the first thing that our mind goes to is that the person has ceased to live. The person has given up the ghost. The person ceased to exist. But the word death actually means separation. The word death in biblical term means separation. Glory to God. And we will dwell extensively on this tonight. Hallelujah. The word death means separation. Let's open our Bible to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 23. We'll start the reading from verse 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, I take that again, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Hallelujah. We, want, we are examining how we are identified with Christ in death. Let's see the book of First Peter. First Peter. We'll see uh, chapter two. First Peter chapter two. I would like you to open your Bible along with me. First Peter chapter two. We'll look at verse twenty-three. Who, when he was reviled, revived not again. When he suffered, 
he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judged righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Amen. The Bible made us to understand that Christ was judged righteously. He says, but committed himself to him that judged righteously. The word judge righteously there means that he committed himself to God who judged sin in him. In other words, he committed himself to God who judged him as sin. You know, last week I established that Christ stand in as the sin offering. Amen. I made us to understand last week that Christ stand in as the sin offering. So, Apostle Peter was telling us here that um, God who judged righteously, that Christ committed himself to God who judged him, that is Christ, as sin. Amen. You know, with many of us, I'm very sure many of us, we've watched in TV, on the television, in the cinema, about the suffering of Christ. How Christ was beaten, how he was molested on the street and uh, all those stuff. Which were actually trying to paint a picture to, picture to us how the suffering of Christ went. Hallelujah. But the fact remains that the actual suffering of Christ is not the beating. The actual suffering of Christ is not the beating. Remember, even opposed to Paul was beaten more than Christ. We will see the apostles suffer from one place to another, from one situation to another. So, in fact, in today's world, we see how thieves, how criminals, how they are dealt with. So, the suffering of Christ, uh, which enables him to be the sin offering, will, cannot be limited to the beating. Or will not mean the beating in court. Hallelujah. Amen. The flogging is, a, is actually a small fragment of his suffering. The flogging of Christ, the beating and all those stuff, is actually a small fragment. That's not it. It's nothing close to the pain and agony that Christ went, went through. Hallelujah. In fact, it is important that you understand the suffering of Christ because it is in the understanding of the suffering that the glory lies. 
when you understand what Christ went through for you, what Christ went through on your behalf, then you understand the kind of man you are in Christ. You understand how precious you are to God, and you understand the finished work of Christ on the cross. Amen. Remember God that judges righteously, judge Christ as sin. Amen. Let's see the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 27. Let's see verse 46. Matthew 27, 46. If you are there, shout hallelujah. Glory to God. 46. I read. And about the night hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani. That is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You see? Look at that scripture. That was the first time that Jesus would call God my God. Throughout the 33 years and a half of Jesus Christ on earth, that was the first time on that cross, Jesus referred to God as God. Why? Because Jesus at that point had become seen. Jesus on the cross in that Matthew 27 verse 46 had become sin. I know this, brethren. Because he has become sin, he cannot refer to God as his father. Why? Because a sinner cannot refer to God as his father. Nobody can call God can call God father except he has received the spirit of adoption. Except he has received the spirit of adoption. So Jesus was calling God, my God, because he had been separated from the Father. Jesus was referring to God as my God and not Father, because he had been separated from what? From the Father. He has been separated from God. And that is exactly what it means to die. That is death. The separation of Christ from God. Hallelujah. Remember, that was Adam's status in the book of Genesis. So, Jesus died to mayor up with Adam's status. Follow me carefully, please. Jesus died to mayor up with Adam's status. Because Adam's status was separation from God. In the book of Genesis, after man, after Adam sinned against God, God told him, do not eat from this fruit. The day you eat, you die. Adam hurt with his wife. 
So they died a spiritual death, which was separation from God. So Christ came to measure up with that status. That is a position whereby man was actually separated from God. You know, in, 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 in the book of Genesis, man himself walked away from God. Man, by his doings, separated himself from God. And since then, God has been looking for means to bring man back to himself. God kept looking for man. Hallelujah. But for the first time, note this, for the first time on the cross, God walked away from man. And that happened between God and Jesus. When Jesus became sin on the cross, God walked away from man. Hallelujah. God never left man. God never left man until on that cross. So, when God walked away from man, man needed a mediator that would reconcile him back to God. Hallelujah. Are you, are you getting blessed this, this evening? Amen. So, when man, when God walked away from man, note, Jesus already became seen on the cross. For the first time, God walked away. So when God walked away, man, the generation of man, needed a mediator that would reconcile him back to God. So Jesus, who died, rose and went to heaven as a mediator between God and humanity. Glory to God. Glory to God. Look at the book of John. John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Verse 30. John 19, 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Even in his state as sin, even while Christ was on the cross as sin, nobody could kill him. He did not die until he himself gave up the ghost. Amen. And note this on that right on that cross, Jesus died not once. Amen. He died twice. Hallelujah. Let's look at the book of Isaiah. To establish that, let's look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. Isaiah 53, verse 9. The Bible says, And he made his grave with the wicked, 
and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. I take that again. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Hallelujah. The word death, that word death is in plural, in the original rendition. The word death is plural in, in the Hebrew. Which means my bed. Hallelujah. The word, that word death there was translated from the word Mavet. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, many of us who have uh, Bibles with marginal renderings, if, you have, if your Bible has marginal renderings, you will notice it. That it is the word death. In plural form. Amen. He died actually he dies spiritually before he dies physically he died spiritually before he died physically amen look if you check that book the book of matthew chapter 27 verse 46 Jesus will say, my God, why has that forsaken me? Amen. So, it actually means, this means that Jesus died to death. On the cross, he died spiritually. Then he dies physically. Hallelujah. Let's see the book of John. John. Follow me carefully, please. The book of John, chapter 10, verse 18. No matter get it from me. Let's start from verse 17. Therefore, does my father love me, because I laid down my life, that I might take it again. Look at that. He laid down his life. He laid down by himself, that I might take it again. It is says, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Glory to God. He could not be killed. Jesus could not be killed. He could not die. Do you know why? Because his body was not mortal. Jesus' body was not mortal amen jesus had a body like adam before he sinned pay attention jesus had a body like adam's body before he sinned it was a perfect human body the body was not mortal and the body was not immortal Hallelujah. It was a perfect human body, not mortal or immortal. Amen. It was a body that could not die 
until this body that I'm talking about could not die until sin had taken possession of his spirit. Yeah. The body that Hadam carried could not die until sin entered him. Same as the body of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Jesus had to die spiritually before he could die physically. Hallelujah. Jesus had to die spiritually before he could die physically. If Jesus' body had been like yours and mine, note this. If Jesus' body had been like my own and yours, then he was not deity. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it would have been that he did not die for our sins. It would have just been that he died as a martyr. Hallelujah. You know, in our last teaching, we say man was nailed to the cross with Christ. Which means that the human race died with the crucified Christ. Now look at the words of Apostle Paul in the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 8. Look at the words of Apostle Paul in the book of Romans 6, verse 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, died no more. Death has no dominion over him. Glory to God. Look at the book of first, Second Timothy. Let's see the book of Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two, verse eleven. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Look at that. In these scriptures, we notice. Look at look at those scriptures very well. We notice that we died with Christ when he died. In those two scriptures that, we, that we've examined, we, we know that we died with Christ when he died. He was our substitute. We were one with him on the cross. We were one with him in his death. He died under our judgment, in our stead. He died on our behalf. He died because he was made sin. Amen. So, it means that if we accept Christ, there cannot be judgment for us. Look at that. Say this to yourself. I have accepted Christ. There is no judgment for me. Say it louder. I have accepted Christ. There is no judgment for me. Say it one more time. I have accepted Christ. There is no judgment for me. Glory to God. Let's look at the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53, verse 10. We read from verse 10 to 12. Yet it pleased the Lord 
to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his deed, he shall prolong his days, and the player of the Lord shall prosper in his end. 11. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he had poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you, if, you, if you check that scripture that we just read, those three verses, if you look at it extensively, then you will notice that it sounds like the Pauline revelation. Is that correct? It sounds like Apostle, like Apostle Paul is talking, right? The Pauline revelation is an unveiling of what happened from time that Jesus was made sin. From time that Jesus was made sin on the cross until he sat down at the right hand of God. You know? What Apostle Paul actually taught were all centered on the death, the burial, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. Amen. And that is the substitution. I tell you. That is absolute identification with Christ. This scripture in the book of Isaiah 53 is actually uh, is actually the part of the great substitutionary truth in prophecy. This is actually prophesying about the substitutionary sacrifice that Christ will pay on the cross. Christ poured out his life unto death. And through that death, we were made alive. Brother, it was our sin that slew him. Jesus' righteousness gives us life. We're made alive in his righteousness. Jesus drank the cup of death that we might drink the cup of life. Glory to God. Amen. Look at it. In that mighty ministry, wait, in that very verse, in that mighty ministry before Christ rose up from the dead, it destroyed death lordship. Amen. You know, I made us, I made us to understand last week that death slew Christ. Amen. So, when death slew him, Death slew in itself with Christ. Look at that. Christ conquered sin when he allowed sin to overcome him. 
Christ conquered Satan when he let Satan to gain mastery over him. Christ conquered disease, sicknesses, when he allowed disease to take possession of his body. He became one with Satan in spiritual death to make us one with God in spiritual life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, actually, what Christ did on the cross is to identify with us in our lowest state so that we as well can identify with Him in His glory. Hallelujah. Look at the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him sin unto us. For he hath made him sin for us. That's what it means. For he hath made him sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be that we might be made the righteousness of God in him? Christ, who knew no sin, was made sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. He became what one with us in weakness. He became one with us in sin. He became one with us in spiritual death. He became one with us in disease, in sickness. He became one with us at our lowest state. He became one with us when we are nothing. At our worst state. Christ became one with us. That he might make us one with himself in righteousness. He became one with us so that he can make us righteous, so that he can make us whole, so that he can make us healthy. Hallelujah. So that he can make us accepted, so that he can make us acceptable before God. Amen. became one with us in our lowest state, in our worst state. He became one with us in sin, in sickness, in diseases. So that we can be one with him in righteousness, in perfect health, and in fellowship with the Father. Hallelujah. Christ became death's prisoner in order to set us free. In the mind of justice, we died to sin and its dominion when we died with Christ. When you identify, see, when you come to the understanding that you 
that you are identified with Christ even in his death sin has no dominion over you The reason why many people struggle with condemnation, why they struggle with sin consciousness, is because they have not come to the understanding of what Christ has done for them. They have not come to the understanding of the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ right on the cross. Christ became sin. So that sin will never be charged in your account. He was made sick. He was flogged. He tasted death so that you may live. He was separated from the Father so that you may be joined with the Father eternally. Hallelujah. In the mind of justice, when Christ died, we died with him. We died to sin. And its dominion. When we die with Christ, the Bible says in the book of Romans 6 7, Romans 6, Romans chapter 6, verse 7, He that hath died is justified from sin. There was in God's mind at the crucifixion a perfect oneness of Christ with us. Why God was looking at Jesus right on the cross, suffering. Why God was watching him become sin. God was looking at that perfect oneness of humanity and Christ. So Christ became one with humanity in sin. And in the resurrection, a new birth. We, that we have received him, became perfect oneness with Christ in his glory. Hallelujah. So, we became perfect oneness with Christ in his glory. But first of all, we must understand what Christ has done. We must understand everything that Christ went through on our behalf. We must understand that while Christ was on the cross, we were there with him. That while Christ was in the grave, we were there with him. That Christ, when Christ was raised from the dead, we were raised with him from the dead. Hallelujah. Just as Jesus conquered death by submitting to death, we, you and I, all of us in the new creation, conquer Satan solely by submitting to the lordship of Jesus. So the moment we confess that Jesus, I received your life, I receive you now, that is the moment. We conquer Satan. We, all of us, and our diseases were actually laid on Jesus. And it became part of him. 
right on the cross when he was made sin for our sin. We are healed by becoming partaker of his divine nature. So the reason why you are healed today, the reason why you are a new man, the reason why there is no condemnation for you, the reason why you are free from the dominion of sin is actually because you are now in Christ. Basically, you are in Christ. You are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. You cannot be sick. We are healed by becoming partaker of His divine nature. We are healed by becoming partakers of His divine nature. It is an abnormality. Diseases and sicknesses does not belong to the new creation. It is actually abnormal. It is, it is totally wrong. It is an abnormal thing in the mind of the Father for a child of God to be sick. When you are sick, there is nothing. It is all wrong for you to be sick. There is nothing normal about a child of God going through pain in sickness and diseases. It is wrong. We died with him. We died to the dominion of sin. We died to the dominion of disease. We died to the dominion of sicknesses. We died to the dominion of circumstances and habits. We are one with Christ. We are under new government. Sin has dominion, has no dominion over us. Sickness has no dominion over us. Death, which is separation from God, has no dominion over us. We are jointed with Him eternally. We are one with Christ. Whenever you are sick, have this understanding. Always remember that it is an abnormality for you to be sick. Yeah. It is abnormal for you as a child of God to be sick. So whenever you feel pain in your body, tell it, tell it to your body. This body has been crucified with Christ. All my sicknesses, all my diseases were laid on him right on the cross. Sickness, disease, you have no place in my body. This body is the temple of the living God. You continue to speak to your body. And you see the power of God moving your body. You speak to disease. You cannot stay here. You cannot stay in my body. You cannot stay in my system. Many years ago, I died. Diseases, sicknesses was laid on Christ. Therefore, diseases and sicknesses 
has no place in my body. You cannot stay in my body. You, you, you say it. And as you are declaring it to your body, your body responds to you. Why? Because you are one with Christ in his glory. Death has no power over Christ. Disease, sickness has no power over Christ. The book of 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 becomes our reality. Christ has died once for all of us. He has died for all our sin. He, he, he was made, he became our sin substitute. He, Christ, in judgment, met all the demands of justice for us. Christ took every of our sin when he went to the place of substitute, the place of judgment. When Christ was at that place of suffering, he was there. So, presently, today, when the Father sees you and I in Christ, he sees us as perfect beings. I know that will excite you. So, when the Father is looking at me, when the Father is looking at you, He's seeing us as perfect. He's seeing us as the finished work of Christ. Just as the finished work of Christ is perfect. That is exactly how God sees you and I as perfect beings. Hallelujah. That is exactly how God sees you the same way he sees me as a perfect man in Christ Jesus. That is exactly. That's why he sees us. Anyone that is in Christ is a righteous man. Is a perfect man to God. To your friends and families, you may you may you may be that unrighteous person. But when God sees you, God sees you blameless. God sees you without fault. He sees you perfect. Glory to God. Look at the writings of uh, Apostle Paul in, in, in the book of um, Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Apostle Paul was talking. Then he said, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had made before, which God had before ordained that we should work in them. So you are created, you are the workmanship of God created in Christ unto good works. So, a born again man is actually a man that was made out of Christ, out of what Christ did on the cross. 
So when we say you are a Christian, we are saying that you are made out of Christ. When God is looking at you, God is seeing Christ in you. When you are speaking to God, God is seeing you in your completeness. Why? Because God could see Christ all over you. That work was wrought by the great master. That work was wrought by Christ and him alone. And that work that Apostle Paul was talking about in the book of Ephesians 2, Christ actually did it before he rose from the dead. So God sees us now in all our beauty. In all our perfection in Christ. Is this us in all completeness? When God sees you, he sees a righteous man. When God sees you, he sees a man that is blameless. When God sees you, he sees a man that has been justified. You are the right workmanship. Created in Christ unto all good works. Your being, your totality, your life lies right in Christ. That is why no man can kill you. Because your life is right in Christ Jesus. And death has been conquered. Diseases has been conquered. Sicknesses has been conquered. The devil itself has been conquered. Apostle Paul said, Let no man trouble me, but I bear in my body. Man for Christ. What do you think that means? It means that I, I, I have been identified with Christ. Right in his suffering. Right on the cross. Right in the grave. Why the resurrected from the from the dead? Why he ascended into heaven and is seated on the throne. I am one with him. In his death, I'm one with him. In his resurrection, I'm one with him. In his glory, I'm one with him. No, nothing can separate me from the love of the Father. Nothing. Apostle Paul in the book of Romans 8 says that nothing, nothing whatsoever can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can pluck us away. Why? Because we are here. We are right here. In Christ Jesus. The love of God has been shed abroad. 
and we are partakers of that divine nature. That is why nothing whatsoever can make us shift our gaze. Nothing whatsoever can make us shift our focus. Why? Because we are right in Christ Jesus. When God sees you, He sees you faultless. He sees you in all your beauty and glory. The way He sees Christ, that's the exact way He's looking at you. That's the exact mind He has towards you. Because you have identified with Christ even in His death. You have conquered sin. You have conquered death. Rise up, let us pray. We'll continue next week. Respond in your spirit. Respond in your spirit. Thank God for tonight's word. Negrihonde sikapalia rako shatile kusiki tepala honte. Father, I'm of Chief. Tonight we pray that the hands of your word we give light and we give understanding to the simple. We pray that we understand the way we should understand. That we are rooted and grounded in your word. We pray that revelation and knowledge flow through our minds and cause us to make impact in our world. We pray that tonight, through the teaching of your word, that we are edified, that we are established in the faith, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. It's a great privilege. It's a great privilege. And I pray that God will continually strengthen you much more in the name of Jesus. Right about now, we dive into the word of God. And we are still on our ongoing series, Identified with Christ. Tonight, we will be taking the part three of the teaching. Bless God since the beginning of the series that a lot of revelation and knowledge has been flowing and we've been getting blessed. It is my prayer that your eyes of understanding is enlightened in the name of Jesus. Identify with Christ, part three. Just as we have um, examined. In our previous teachings, how we, how Jesus became seen with our sin, how Jesus identified with our sin, and how he became our substitute, being our sin, bearing our sin and diseases. So Jesus. We were made to understand in the previous part of the teaching that Jesus became a sin substitute. Jesus became 
our sin on the cross. Jesus became one with us on the cross so that we can become one with him in righteousness. Hallelujah. So tonight we'll be looking at them. And in our previous teaching, we have um, examined how we were with him on the cross. We, we examined how he became one with our sin, how he identified with our sin, and um, how he identified with us on the cross, how he was buried. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, 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 were, we, we were made to understand how he, 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 he became one with us. How he took our place in death. Remember in, in the book of Genesis, man wandered away from God. Man went away from God. Man So Jesus came to bridge that gap. And um, one of the ways in which Jesus did what he actually did was that he identified with us spiritually in death in that he died spiritually on the cross i made us understand last week that christ died twice he first of all died spiritually on the cross before he died physically hallelujah so tonight we'll look into how we are made alive with him. We have examined how he died. I identified with our sin. I was crucified on the cross. I was buried. Now today we will look into how he was made alive. And we will be looking at the perspective of how we are identified with Christ in his being made alive. Do you get it? Amen. We will identify, we will examine how we are identified with him in his resurrection. We will examine how we are made alive with him. Amen. Let's quickly look into the book of um, Colossians, chapter 2, verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your heart, Pardon me, let's start from verse 10 for better understanding. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Verse 11 says, In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without ends, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Amen. 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him, through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Verse 13 says, Don't forget we are reading the book of Colossians chapter 2. We start from verse 10. Now we are in verse 13. And you, verse 13, which is our emphasis, and you be made in your sin, being dead, pardon me, in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, at he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. 
Amen. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, at equicking together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. We are considering how we identify with him and we are made alive with him. Hallelujah. So, the Bible made us to understand that place, if you check carefully, you understand that because you are quickened with him, your sins are forgiven. Because you are quickened with him, your sins are forgiven. Let's take that scripture again. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. At it quickened. So, because we, before we received the life of God, we were sinners. Already established how the human race, how humanity fell, how they got separated from God, in that Adam sinned. Through one man, sin entered into the world. So we were all dead into sin. Hallelujah. Because of one man's disobedience. Praise God. That is Adam in Genesis 3. So the Bible now made us to understand that Christ quickened us together with himself. Why? Because he has forgiven all our trespasses. So, because uh, our trespasses has been forgiven, we were quickened with Christ from the dead. Amen. Let's read the book of Ephesians. Let's put to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Let's start reading from verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 we read from verse 1 to 5 and you at equicking who were dead in trespasses and sins wherein in time past you walk according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the hair the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience verse 3 among whom also we all are our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh look at those features and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others hallelujah look at verse 4 but god glory to god but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us verse 5 look at it even when we were dead in sins that's another writing of apostle paul telling us that we were dead in sin please note the tenses we were dead in sin we are believers now we have been delivered from the power of sin apostle paul said why we were dead in sin what did god do has quickened us together with Christ. I take that again. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. Hallelujah. So it is not by your works. 
you know uh people of old in the whole testament time people were trying to actually please god through their works and they couldn't because under the law you cannot be perfect because as as far as you are trying to fulfill one you are breaking another but when jesus came he came and present to us a better way he came and present to us a better message He came and presented to us the ministry of reconciliation and he reconciled the whole world back to God. Hallelujah. For further study, let's check the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6. We'll start from verse 1 with um, verse 5, our emphasis. Romans 6. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Look at that again. Apostle Paul kept hammering it. That we are dead to sin. We are dead to sin. We have been delivered from the power of sin. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. Then how are we dead to sin? In that we have been made alive with Christ. In that we have been quickened with Christ. Hallelujah. We are dead to sin. I continue reading. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer daring? Verse 3. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus, were baptized into his death. Which means, the day you come into Christ, the day you accept the life of God, the day you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is the day you are dead to sin. That is the day you become dead to sin. That is the day you are actually delivered from the power of sin that is the day that you were delivered from the power of death hallelujah amen praise god how shall we who are what who are hallelujah how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Verse 3 says, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him. Look at, look at that. By baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. This is emphasizing on how we were dead to sin, we were dead with Christ, and we are raised up with Christ. Glory to God. Verse 5, which is our emphasis, says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, in that if we die together with Christ, 
in that if we were together with Christ in death, look at what it says, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Hallelujah. So we've been raised from the dead. We are no longer slaves to sin. Death does not have power over us. We have, we have break loose the power of death, the power of condemnation has been broken over every one of us. Why? Because we are now identified with Christ in his resurrection. Hallelujah. We have identified with Christ in his death. As a result of that, why Christ resurrected from the dead, we also, in that same likeness, are quickened with him. Glory to God. So, from these scriptures, we witness the miracle of the eternity. That the whole world that was separated from God in the beginning, in Genesis 3, was reconciled back to God through Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are made alive in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. We are made alive through who? We are made alive in Christ Jesus. He had redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has redeemed us from the dominion of death. We have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. Sin has no dominion over us. Amen. Sin has no what? Has no dominion over us. Glory to God. Let's go back to the book of Colossians. Let's, I want us to see something before we proceed. Colossians. Let's check chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Let's see verse 18. Apostle Paul was speaking by the Spirit here and he said, He and he is dead, he is the head of the body. And he is the head of the body. Who was Apostle Paul talking about here? Let's read from verse 15 for better understanding. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principality or power, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That's Jesus. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Look at that. That in all things he might have the preeminence. Hallelujah. Who is the firstborn of the dead? Jesus. In that he died. And every one of us that are in Christ died with him. 
in that on the third day he rose from the dead and everyone that is in Christ are quickened with him glory to God Jesus was dead with our death he, I, I already made us all know that um, he died twice in that he died spiritually first of all so that he can level up with the status of Adam in the Garden of Eden you know I told us in the first part of this teaching that Adam died spiritually the day you eat thereof of the fruit you shall surely die and he hurt and died so for humanity for Christ to, to level out with the position of humanity for Christ to be in that same position of spiritual death he died spiritually hallelujah so he became one with humanity he became one with us in sin so that we can become one with him in righteousness hallelujah praise God let's look at the book of first Peter first Peter chapter 3 glory to God first Peter chapter 3 verse let's quickly check verse 18 before we proceed for Christ also at once suffer for sins look at it the just for the unjust who is the just Christ who is the unjust man Christ suffered for what for sin the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God that he might reconcile humanity that he might, he might reconcile man back to God glory to God hallelujah if you are getting blessed say I'm getting blessed glory to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the spirit being put to death and quickened by the what by the spirit this was not the Holy spirit this was his, his spirit quickened by his spirit hallelujah look at that what a transformation that must have, that must have been a, a very powerful transformation imagine how it must have shaken the foundation of the of hell imagine it imagine it imagine when the the, the, the kingdom of darkness saw that he, he, he had been made alive they imagine what what what, what they, will, they will they will they will actually they, they might they will actually go through imagine what they went through when they discovered that christ has uh, broken the bones of spiritual death imagine it when they when they realize that christ has troubled the forces of death amen hallelujah so with what we have said now you will understand the book of Ephesians 2 verse 10 why apostle Paul was saying that let's go to Ephesians 2 
while I was talking about believers, that is you and I, being the workmanship of our God created in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's see the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Apostle Paul says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So, you and I, we are the and work of God in Christ. We were created, that's why we are called new creation. Hallelujah. You and I are created for God in Christ Jesus. Please follow me carefully. You and I are reconciled back to God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at that scripture. If anyone be in Christ, it is in Christ's reality. If anyone be in Christ, is a what? Is a new creature. Is a new creation. Is a new man. He has a new identity. All things have passed away. Old nature has passed away. Behold, all things has become new. The Bible says, Apostle Paul was talking in the book of Ephesians 2, 10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, how are we created? We were created in the death Burial, resurrection, and glorification of Jesus. Yeah. That is what gave birth to us. We were actually created in the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, in that we die with Him, we were buried with Him in the uh, resurrection of Christ and in the ascension and glorification of Christ. Those were the procedures that gave birth to us. So, I, 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 I laugh whenever I see a, a man that does not know God boast before a believer. Whenever I see a person trying to intimidate a, a, a child of God, I laugh. Especially when it is when it is uh, a threat of death. I will kill you. Do you know who I am? I laugh. Why? Because such a person did not know how a child of God or how that believer came to being. Such a person did not know the processes, the stages, the step which amount to the birth of such a believer. Hallelujah. It is in death, in burial, in resurrection, in ascension, and in the sitting on the throne 
in the heavenlies. That was what, th those were the procedures, those were the steps that give birth to a child of God. A child of God is not a normal person. A child of God is not an ordinary person. A child of God is born of immortality. Hallelujah. Tell it to yourself. I am supernatural. I have eternal life inside of me. I have eternal life inside of me. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So, in the mind of justice, it was when Jesus was resurrected, was recreated down there in hell. That, that, that was one that was when the church was given birth to when Christ conquered sin and death and was risen from the dead <laughs> that was when the church was given birth to hallelujah hallelujah God is a faith God amen he counted the things that were not as though they were. So, why Christ was in hell, God already knew that there will be a generation of people that will serve him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Down there in air, he counted us righteous. He counted us alive. Amen. He can't, God counted us new creation. Hey, he counted us as his sons and daughters. Even before the day of Pentecost came, the fourth contingent of the body of Christ came into being. Hallelujah. So why Jesus resurrected from the dead? The church was given back to. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why? Because God counted the things that were not as though they were. And they became. Amen. The moment we accept Christ as our Savior, as our Lord, this new birth is made reality in our lives. The moment you come into Christ, the new birth became a reality to you. The new birth eternal life entered into you glory to jesus you, you you know you notice that i said it was made alive that we were made alive with him christ was made alive and as he resurrected from the dead and we resurrected we were quickened with him we resurrected with him amen Hallelujah. The life that was imparted into us, well, that, that, that is the nature of God. That is the nature of the Father. Hallelujah. So the moment Christ was raised from the dead, God justified him. Hallelujah. Christ was declared righteous because he had justified the claims of justice. 
he had met every demand of the supreme court of the universe that was against human race i told you that man humanity was separated from god hallelujah but christ came to do justice to that christ was made righteous with the life of god and we were made righteous in the new creation hey so when christ resurrected when christ went to hell and was raised from the dead he was declared righteous and when we came into christ we also are declared righteous hallelujah glory to god you know when jesus resurrected from the dead he was so made righteous that there was not not even a single trace of sin not even a single trace of sickness not even a single trace of disease was found in him hallelujah he was made so righteous that he, he could enter into the presence of god with no sense of guilt or sin or inferiority and that's our position today that's our position today that's why we can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy higher glory to god that's why today we have the boldness to come into the throne of god as sons without any feeling of sin without a, a feeling of guilt you and i have been declared righteous hallelujah hallelujah you know when jesus was made sin on the cross he cried my god my god why art thou forsaken me and i told you that was the first time and the last time that god would walk away from man for the first time god walked away from man so jesus cried with a loud voice my god my god jesus was referring to god as god for the first time my god my god why hast thou forsaken me but look at this well, look at this when he was made alive after christ resurrected god said of him thou art my son this day have i begotten thee hallelujah <laughs> glory to god so the moment you come to christ you are the begotten of the father am i speaking to somebody tonight the moment you enter into christ you become the begotten of god you become a child of god and there is there, there is no there is now therefore no condemnation for you why because you are in christ jesus you are now under a new government yeah glory to god you are now what under a new government praise god so god said of him 
God declared him, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. He stood before the angelic host as righteous, as pure, as what? As though he never had been made sin. He was declared righteous. Hallelujah. The same way you and I are declared righteous. Glory to God. Glory to God. And let me tell you something tonight. In that moment, Jesus became the absolute monarch of the universe. Jesus became the absolute monarch of the universe. He was the master of the underworld. He was made the master of Satan. At that moment, when he resurrected from the dead. He became the absolute monarch of the universe. Amen. As long as he was spiritually dead, filled with sin, Satan ruled over him. On the cross, he became sin. God left. But when he was made righteous, when Christ became righteous, he became the dominant master and ruler of all. If you check through the book of um, Philippians, you can open to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. If you read from um, verse 8 through 11, and be found in fashion as a man he humbled himself that was jesus and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross nine wherefore god also has highly exalted him and given him given him a name which is above every other name oh yeah ten that the name of jesus every new should bow of all things things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth 11 says and that every tongue should confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of the father glory to god amen so jesus became the absolute monarch of the whole universe so when any child of God, when any believer has any issue whatsoever, what do you do? You confront it. The Bible says, confront the devil. He will what? He said he will flee. When you rebook him, he's left with no option that to run from you. Why? Because you have a name that is above every other name. Because you are one, you have been made one with Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, if Christ was made righteous, then all of us who accept Him as our Lord and Savior, who has confessed Him and received eternal life, were what? Were automatically made righteous the moment you come into christ that was the moment you became a righteous being glory to god hallelujah and let me tell you something at that moment you became what you became a dominant force you became a dominant force against hell against the devil the devil is afraid of you. 
Tell you to yourself, the devil is afraid of me. Yeah, I tell you to you. The reason why the devil molests believers, the reason why the devil tries as much as possible to intimidate believers is actually because such believers or believers did not know who they are in Christ. They did not have the knowledge of their identity in Christ. They did not know what Christ has made available unto them. Hallelujah. You are too quickened. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It is all of grace. It is not your works. It is not by your works. It is not by your works. It is by grace. 30 steps to healing. There are no 30 steps to healing. Your healing has been made available on the cross. By his stripes you were healed. The Bible did not say you will be healed. He said by his stripes you were healed. So your healing has been made available. When you feel sickness in your body, what do you do? You go back there. Then you receive your healing. Am I speaking to somebody? When you feel sickness in your body, you what? You go back there and you receive your healing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have immortality in your body. Sickness cannot dwell there. Are you not aware that your body is the temple of God? Here, the Spirit of God dwells in your body. Eternal life dwells in your body. Glory to God. Glory to God. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. We were created in righteousness and in holiness. We are actually created in righteousness and in holiness of truth. That's the book of Ephesians 4.24. You can check that later because of our time. The same eternal life or nature of God. The same eternal life that made Jesus righteous has been imparted to us, has been imparted to you and I at new birth. Glory to God. Shout it. I have eternal life. Louder. I have eternal life. I have the life of God. Hallelujah. No wonder the, 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 the Apostle John says that as he is, so are we in this world. Glory to God. Glory to God. Shout it again. I have eternal life. The very life of God is resident inside of me. I have the life of God. I have the life of God. I have died once. I die no more. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Now I, I believe we understand the book of Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. That says that for he had made him to be saved for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. God where? The righteousness of God where? In Christ. 
Tell it to yourself one more time. I am righteous. Tell it to yourself. I am righteous. Not by my words, but it is my very nature. Not by my words, it is my nature. You are not righteous because of what you do. You are righteous because Christ has made you righteous. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. God became the righteousness of Jesus. And the moment we accept Christ as Savior, we confess Him as our Lord and believe God, raise Him from the dead, it becomes our righteousness. Repeat after me. My righteousness is an heart or is predicated on my belief system. I am righteous because I believe. I am righteous because Christ has paid the price. I am righteous because I believe in Jesus. I am righteous because I'm a child of God. Shall glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. You are not trying to be righteous. You know, I hear many people say to me many times, you know, nobody is righteous. You cannot say you are righteous. Do you know what I tell them? Excuse me, sister. Excuse me, brother. I am righteous. And the condition for my righteousness is the heart of my believing. The condition of my righteousness is that Christ died and I died with him. Is that he was buried and I was buried with him. Is that he resurrected and I was there quickened with him. Is that he ascended and he is on the throne right now. And I'm on the throne with him. Glory to God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As God became the righteousness of Jesus, so Jesus becomes the righteousness of everyone who believes in him. Do you believe? Do we have believers listening to me this evening? Shout, I believe in Jesus. Glory to God. My brother, my sisters, this evening, if this truth should enter into you. If you understand this revelation, your life will change tremendously. You will stop struggling with a lot of things. You will stop struggling in the place of prayer. You will stop struggling in the place of study. You know many people, condemnation has eat them up real bad. That when they go to the place of prayers, the devil keep bringing thoughts of their mistakes to them. You, you, let me let me teach you something. When next you are trying to 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 have a fellowship with your father, when next you are trying to have a conversation with God, and the devil brings some stupid excuses, some stupid accusations to your mind. Do you know what you do? You confront him. That's what the Bible says. He said when you confront him. 
they will flee. You confront him, you devil, I have no business with you. This the price has been paid many years ago. And right now I'm the righteousness of God. I have no business with you. You have no place in my life. This is a father and son affair. This is a father and daughter affair. This is between God, my father, and myself. Get out of my life. Believe me. The moment you make those declarations, the devil will be left with no choice than to vacate. Glory to God. And I pray tonight that everything that condemnation has brought into your life, they are dealt with now in the name of Jesus. Condemnation has eaten a lot of believers real bad condemnation here and there many people enter into depression because they are condemned many people they don't know how to go about it they don't know how to go about it the devil keep bringing thoughts of their past to them he keep bringing thoughts of their incapability he brings he keeps bringing thoughts of their inadequacy, of their shortcomings, of their mistakes. From this moment, whenever the devil brings accusation of your mistakes, you present to him the legal ground by which you have been made righteous. Present to him what Christ has done. Present to me to him the reason why you are righteous. Tell him that you believe in Jesus, that you are now under a new covenant. You are now under a new government. Government. Tell him that you have no business with him. That you have been delivered from his kingdom, which is the kingdom of darkness. That you have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God. Tell him. Confront him with it. That is the truth. That's why the Bible says that when you know the truth, that the truth will set you free. It is the truth of the gospel. It is the truth of Jesus Christ. How Jesus died and he was buried and resurrected on the third day. And he ascended into heaven and you are glorified with him. Glory to God. Never allow the devil to shit you again. The devil ride mainly, basically, he ride on people's ignorance. When he knows that you are ignorant of your realities in Christ, then he shall change your destiny. He shall change your, 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 your benefit as a child of God. Glory to God. Let's round up with this. Ephesians 2. Let's round up with Ephesians 2. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Are you blessed tonight? If you are blessed, shout glory. <laughs> glory to God. Let's check the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look into verses. Remember, we are treating how we are identified with Christ identified with Christ and tonight we are dealing with how we are made alive with him praise God so verse 6 says and had raised us 
up together and made us sit together in heavenly places <laughs> where are you seated <laughs> glory to god where are you seated i am seated in christ jesus look at that <laughs> i am seated in christ jesus hey when they say things are not easy in nigeria <laughs> I am seated in the heavenlies. I might be in this world, but I am not of this world. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. I am seated in Christ in the heavenlies. I am in Him. I am in Him. I am in Him. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Let's take it out again. Verse 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the believer is seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. No wonder the book of Ephesians made us to understand that we are blessed. We are blessed where? We are blessed in Christ Jesus with all spiritual blessings. Blessed be the God of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with what? With all spiritual blessings. So you are not lacking anything. Glory to God. You have been blessed with an everlasting blessing. You have been blessed with an everlasting blessing. You have been blessed with an eternal blessing. Let that enter into you. You have been blessed eternally. Hey, Katosha. You are blessed eternally. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Not some spiritual blessings. Not some. Not some. You are blessed in Christ. You are blessed. Make that part of you every day, every day of your life. When you wake up in the morning, you speak in tongues. I am blessed in Christ Jesus. I am blessed in Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings are mine. What are you doing? You are registering your reality into your mind. Amen. Amen. From this moment, never again be a dull Christian. Never again be, be an ignorant Christian. Know your realities. Know where you stand. Know what God is saying concerning your life. And that is the way, that is the best way to defeat the devil. The devil has been defeated. But you need the right knowledge to journey through this life. Glory to God. Tell it to yourself. I am not ignorant of my nature. I am not ignorant of my realities in Christ Jesus. I am blessed. I am forever blessed. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. The sense of oneness with him is as real as the sense of oneness with us when it was made sin and sickness. So, now that we are in Christ Jesus, just like the way it was 
so real to Jesus while he was on the cross as our sin substitute. Now that we have accepted his life, it is so very sure and very real to Jesus that now we are one with him in his glory. Hallelujah. And it should be real to you as well. It should be real to you. Because this journey is a call to glory. We died with him. We were buried with him. We were raised with him. We are glorified with him. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Rise up on your feet. Pray in tongues. That's all I've got for you tonight. Pray in tongues. You are identified with Christ. You are made alive with Him. Pray in other tongues. Makoba latia gadoshi katalia karakatozi zebrodozu gedia krakusha talabelia rahanti zovrekesuze. Thank God for tonight's revelation. Thank God. Thank God. Matobe kelia krakanda hijando susekelia ragaba ya gegegegege higambolo polua kasiza ragadaya gados katalia brahusa. Thank God. Thank God. Mashata labagada gada gada. Thank you, Father. Mande begedia krakuska taya gadia jate beketozi. Gegegegege, shigebele katuze, raka 